running a business is a tough and lonely journey. Welcome to the Executives on the Frontlines podcast, where business owners and C-suite executives like you will get real answers to your everyday business problems. I'm your host, Jeff Palaccio, and together we will learn from senior leaders who have occupied every top box of a company's org chart for every size organization and who like to roll up their sleeves while checking their egos at the door. Welcome to the Executives on the Frontlines podcast. I'm Jeff Palaccio. Our topic today is selling your business and what you can do to maximize its value. Our guest is Exec HQ Principal John Rothbard. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Jeff. Great to see you today. Yeah, so it seems, uh, you know, my experience just from uh, observation of uh, friends and uh, other people that have owned their own business is that they, they're maximizing profit over the years and that's their main focus. But it seems like when they start thinking about selling the business, there's something that needs to change, a different mindset. What's, what's your experience been in this area, John? Well, I think that's, that's, that's a very good insight, Jeff, because there is a different mindset to to managing an asset rather than a cash flow. So typical business 101 is really about cash flow. It's increase your sales, reduce your costs, and then you're going to increase your profit. But if you're thinking about selling a business, you've got to think about it as an asset. And that's not just around your profit. So a different mindset around what that business is worth. And secondly, a different strategy to enhance your existing strategy and not replace it, but enhance it so that you can get the most for your asset. And that's, that, that's a lot of what we do and what's, what, where we help our clients in the middle market. Do most business owners really understand what enterprise value is and what the, the factors that increase it? I think there are some business owners that do understand it intuitively, but from a structural perspective and a comprehensive perspective, I haven't really seen very many. In fact, we've had clients who have bought and sold dozens of businesses over the years who've asked us to take a look at a business that they're getting ready to sell, expecting us to find you know, a few things that have fallen between the cracks. And we've come up with 25, even 30 different initiatives that can substantially improve their business valuation. And the reason is, is because we take a totally different view of this. So we don't think of businesses as, um, as, as just profit generating entities, but we think of them as assets, as I'm saying. And an asset in business is equivalent to what we call enterprise value. An enterprise value is very much correlated with your profit. So the more profit you make in your business, the higher your enterprise value will be. But that's not the only factor involved. You've also got to have the factor in terms of what is the multiple. So what is the multiple of that profit that your business is going to be worth? And that's where we focus. And that's what's usually left on the side when people are, are getting ready to sell their business. And really, I, I don't think most business owners really understand the multiple part. That's probably the biggest kind of aha for them. You know why that is? I think there's a, um, there's a prevailing myth around the multiple that it is going to be reasonably constant or at least, at least 
uninfluenceable at the time of selling the, the business. So uh, in, in the market, the, the view is if you prepare your business through a you know, good process, you get an auction and, the, and, and your business is sold for a fair market value, that's all you can really hope for. But the reality is that a fair market value is um, really becomes the median of the valuation multiple. And half the businesses are sold for a discount to that median, and half of those businesses are sold for a premium to that median. And while it is true that there are certain aspects like market conditions um, that are outside of the business owner's control, there are a whole lot of factors that are actually inside the business owner's control in order for them to position their business to, to receive a premium multiple when they sell. So let's give an example. A client of ours is um, a technology-enabled service provider. And that means that they buy software from somebody else and they implement it in, into their clients. And that, that, um, that business, if you have a look at similar businesses that have been sold over the, over the years, that business could expect a multiple of about eight times EBITDA because it's in the tech business, it's high margin, um, it's, it's, it's a very attractive business. But if you look a little bit deeper, that median of an eight times multiple is actually a factor of, you know, five or six different businesses, some of which sold at three times multiple and some which sold at 10 times multiple. And it just so happened that eight was the, the one in the middle, the median. And the question is, why the difference? They're in the same industry. They look the same. What's going on with that? My view is that there's four places in the, in the multiple curve that a business can be sold. Number one is the discount. So in this example, which business sold for three times multiple? That business was probably very unprepared for sale. They may have been a pretty good business. They may actually have a very high profit, but because they were unprepared for sale and they didn't do very much around their multiple, they received a relatively low multiple. They also may not have been a good business at all. So that's a whole different story. The next point that a business can sell with a multiple is, a, is at the median. And those are business owners that think, you know, maybe six months ahead of time, they say, right, I want to I sell my business. They go to a business broker or an investment bank, depending on the size, and they go through a process of preparing the business, normalizing the financials and getting it ready for sale. And if their transaction advisor, their business broker or investment banker does a good job, they'll get a number of um, candidates that want to buy their business and they'll have an auction process and each one will outbid each other a little bit and they will get a good fair market value for their business and that's great that's great but that is actually sitting more or less around the median depending on market conditions and depending on how good the investment banker was the third point is around a premium multiple so who are those businesses that sold for somewhere between an eight to a 10 times multiple? That's an interesting question because what did they do differently? Well, my view is that they started preparing at least one year, probably three to five years before they wanted to sell. And they thought of all the different things that, that influenced the multiple, that they could influence. So they can't influence market conditions apart from timing, but they can do certain things that make their business look much better than all the others on the market. And therefore, they can afford. Uh, they, they, therefore, they can position themselves with the premium. 
The fourth one, which is not relevant to all businesses, is a repositioning. Sometimes business owners have a view of their businesses that it is in a certain industry. And that industry is linked to a certain valuation multiple, an industry multiple and a range. With some time and some careful thought, those businesses can be what we call repositioned into a higher multiple range. And for example, this, this company that I was telling you before, the tech-enabled service provider company, they have a strategy to turn themselves into a B2B software company, which could attract a median of a 12 times multiple. And that's how they're going to be looking into getting a premium multiple for their business. Now, that doesn't happen overnight. They've got a three to five year strategy in order to do that. But I'm glad to say it's really on its way. And it's looking very, very promising for the business owner um, when they will be ready for, for exit. Yeah, so obviously time frame to sell has a lot to do of where they are, where they can go in those four various kind of maturity levels of, of, of the selling process that you just mentioned. Absolutely. So uh, typically, typically, if you have an investment bank representing you, it's six months to 12 months. Um, business owners that are more interested in preparing their businesses for a high multiple sale will, will spend at least one year, usually two to three years, thinking about it and implementing changes in their business to do so. And that's where we help business owners. So we have a program that looks at all the influenceable components of the multiple. So when we talk about, I'll just say this again, because there are some components of the valuation multiple that are not influenceable, like you know, liquidity in the market and, and, um, and market trends. But of those things that are influenceable, there's really two components. One component is all the things that reduce or discount the multiple. I spent a lot of time um, as, a, um, as an executive at an investment holding company looking at businesses to buy. And these were businesses that people freely offered. They said, buy my business, buy my business. Um, and I was astounded by the quality, the poor quality of preparation that they had. So I would either pass and, and not go forward with the process, which fundamentally reduces the competitiveness for your business. Um, or I would say, yeah, I'll take a chance, but I'm not going to pay top dollar for that business. And that's a discounted multiple. So there's three things that really discount a multiple. The first thing is the narrative, and that is the financial statements and the confidential information memorandum. If that is prepared substandardly, and when I say substandard, it may be excellent financials from a tax perspective, which do not translate very well for a sale perspective. So there may be nothing wrong with your financial statements. They're just not optimized for sale. Your confidential information memorandum, that might be quite, quite accurately articulating what it is that you do right now, but it's not communicating to a potential buyer what the potential of this business might be. So that's the first thing, it's the narrative, it's controlling that narrative and presenting it correctly. The second thing is about risks. Buyers don't buy, don't buy, don't pay for risks. They just don't. That's that that's a fundamental thing. So if they see a risk in your business, maybe an easy risk, it may be an insurance policy, it may be um, a cybersecurity audit or something like this. They're not going to pay for anything that's unknown. 
And so it's very important to get all of those risks addressed, as many mitigated as possible, but at least a plan for every single one so that you are um, you're already answering the kind of questions that a buyer will ask. The third thing is about timing. If you have to sell your business in a short period of time or in a, in a, in a poor market, you're going to take a discount. So you have to be able to be flexible to launch the sale of your business, either to delay it when the market's bad or to launch it when there, is, when there are good buyers in the market. And those, those three things, the narrative, the risks, and the timing are some of the things, some of the most common things that reduce the multiple for business owners. On the other hand, there are some things that improve the multiple for business owners. One of those things is about demonstrating your competitive, um, uh, your, your competitive advantage. Lots of business owners don't really think about that because they know it, it's intuitive, and they don't really understand what a buyer needs to know about this. The buyers need sometimes to be spoon-fed and you need to actually explain it very, very clearly so that they don't have to do the work for themselves. All they have to do is confirm it. So um, showing that you are superior to your competitors is very, very important because the multiple can be considered a ranking of superiority. And if you're showing these are the reasons why I'm superior to my competitors, these are the reasons why I'm taking talent away from my competitors, these are the reasons why I'm taking business away from my competitors, they will already start thinking on the premium side of the multiple. If you've got a longer period of time, it's not just about articulating that, it's about building capabilities that are better than, than, um, than your competitors, but also very appealing to your buyers. And we'll get back to that in a moment. The second thing that a business owner can do in order to demonstrate a higher multiple or position themselves for a higher multiple is to think about the positioning of their business. And that's a very different thing for most business owners to think about. And sometimes you need to discuss it with an investment banker who can give you a sense of what industries they might put your business in now and where you might be comfortable growing so that a buyer could see you as a potential in a different industry. And the last one is, is about creating um, an understanding of who your potential buyers might be. The best um, the best exits are actually done to strategic buyers that have a lot of money that are very acquisitive and have very high levels of synergy. So very high level of opportunity by buying your business. Um, if you can find the potential buyers and maybe there's a short list of five of them and start understanding what they value for your business and then letting that inform your strategy, then when it's time to sell your business, you can become very appetizing to a buyer who if they're in the process, can outbid all of the other, all of the other candidates. So th those are the six things that I think a business owner can use to influence their multiple. Yeah, that's great. I mean, again, that to me was uh, very enlightening in terms of the focus on the multiple that, that you do. What about, I mean, so those business owners right now that are thinking about selling their business, what, what advice do you have for them? The first piece of advice is what you said at the beginning. It's a mindset shift. You need to think differently about your business. You need to think about it as an asset, not as a cash flow. And what that entails is number one, 
create a plan for exit. Timing, targets, things that you need to do in order to get there. And consider it a project that you're going to take and be very, very structured about it um, as if you were doing any other expansion in your business. The second one is thinking about the higher multiple repositioning. And for that, you'll need to visit an investment banker or a business broker and talk to them about that and to figure out what could they be seen as or what could you be seen as at some point in the future if you were to exit. The third one is to start thinking about the risks in your business. A lot of us live with certain risks in our business because it's been fine, but when we have to open those books and somebody else looks at it, they're not going to pay for that. So it's time to start getting all of your stuff in order. You should also think about how you show off your capabilities, not externally to customers, but um, to potential buyers of your business. So you might have to you know, show a little bit more than you would with your, with your customers, but those are things like benchmark of sales conversion, quality, all of these different things, just to demonstrate that you're better than your, your, your um, competitors. And finally, you should start thinking about who's going to buy you. And you should start opening like informal conversations with them. Don't talk about selling your business, but try and understand what they value from your business and bring that back into your business and inform your strategy uh, accordingly. So those are five things that you can do right now. And if you'd like to go further and have a much more comprehensive approach to improving your multiple, that's where we help businesses. And in the show notes, there's a link that you can either contact me or you can fill out a form and I'll get right back to you. John, great advice. I love your experience in this space. And uh, I've heard you present it at least 10 times and you do such a great job and you're so knowledgeable. So thanks for being a guest on Executives on the Front Lines today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Thank you for listening to this episode of Executives on the Front Lines. If you are interested in learning more about today's guest, you can schedule a 15-minute call with them by scanning the QR code or using the link in the episode description. Please join me every two weeks to learn from another great leader sharing insight that can help you and your business.